Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. And what's up? Welcome into the show, GC Live, a special Thursday episode of the show. I don't think I've said those words in a while, Chris. Um, we've been on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday kick. A little bit of a surprise show, a little bit of a weird time for y'all if you're our live viewers, but uh, lots going on right now. South Carolina football uh, report day is the day, so happy report day to everybody involved with that. Fans, it's here. Season is here. And we're going to sort of, I imagine, as the season gets rolling, we'll probably do more and more shows like we did last year. But this week, it was just about the fact that um, today is report day, so we want to sort of preview the start of camp. There's a media day this afternoon. We'll be there. Gamecock Central will be there. And then tomorrow, actually, Chris, uh, we're going to get to watch some practice. So tomorrow afternoon, that show will be our very first practice observations of fall camp uh, so that'll be fun to go into as always this show no matter what time no matter what day is brought to you by our good friend clint hammond of the mortgage network clinthammond.com is how you can reach him or get some information about him i should say 803-771-6933 is how you can call him as you see right there on the screen c hammond at mortgagenetwork.com is the email address and 71597 is his nmls number for some reason i can never spit out those letters back to back to back of each other. But Clint's the man. Check him out. If you want to refinance, buy a home, Clint's your dude. Give him a call. He'll take care of you. Chris, um, dude, the season, the season is going to be here. I'm, I'm going to warn everybody right now. The season is going to be here. Before we know it, you may you may think, oh, there's about 30 days till kickoff. Nah, man. The season's like tomorrow. Like it, it's gonna, it's gonna be here. And we're excited to get everybody ready for the season, Chris. So before we get in today with Media Day, which, by the way, tons of tons of guys will be talking. So be on the lookout for that on GamecockCentral.com. Uh, and if you're, if you're just on our YouTube page, I'm sure we're going to post some videos from that as well. Dude, so you got that going on. Practice on Friday, of course. And our kickoff party, which we announced, um, I guess we officially announced it, maybe a week and a half ago or so VIP tickets, Chris are officially on sale for that. That's exciting. Um, 
we're, we're trying to give the people what they want, man. Everybody asked for this. We asked, hey, if there's a party, are you coming? We're going to deliver. Now it's y'all's turn to deliver. Again, free event. We're not out there to, to money grab anybody. Luckily, dude, we've been we've had an awesome response from our sponsors. That has helped us get this thing off the ground. But if you want to take it a step further, there are VIP tickets available uh, that will guarantee you sort of a, a tent over your head. Lots of different uh, features that go with this. And Chris, uh, I'm going to post the link. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about the kickoff party and what they get with their VIP ticket? Yeah, absolutely, man. So there you see, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, our streaming show on any of the channels, you see kind of a little bit more information about the party. If you have not heard about it, check it out. More information on GamecockCentral.com. And Wes is about to drop a link in the chat that will populate if you're watching live. If you're not watching live, go to GamecockCentral.com and, and check it out if you're catching us on the pod later. But VIP tickets, they're on sale. We had a short window this morning for our subscribers only to purchase those tickets. Another perk of being a Gamecock Central subscriber. But we do still have some left. There's a limited quantity, so make sure you jump in and you get them. But if you are a VIP, like Wes said, guaranteed seat. This is a rain or shine event. Obviously, I have no idea if it's going to be raining or not. We hope it's sunny, but not too sunny. We hope the weather's perfect. Hopefully, it will be. But a couple different VIP areas. Uh, Steel Hands is setting up a VIP tent area. There will be some like high top seats there. So if you've never been to Steel Hands, there's uh, an inside area, obviously, that has seating area, has standing area. Outside, they have plenty of standing room. They also have some wooden picnic tables that will be set up around the stage where Patrick Davis is going to be playing that night, about 8.30 p.m. But on the side, because those are obviously first come, first serve, on the side, uh, in great view of the stage, there's going to be two tented areas. So one of them is kind of the VIP uh, seating area, and one of them is going to be the VIP beer garden. So you will have access to kind of a private bar. Our understanding is there's going to be some type of option for whiskey jam there, but Steel Hands is going to be providing you four drink tickets that's included with your VIP ticket. Wes and I are going to be hanging out a lot in the VIP area. Uh, we're going to be all around. We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff on the day of the party, but we will be hanging out there. You can also come out there a little earlier at five o'clock. The VIP area is going to open. You'll get a wristband and that'll ensure you access there. So you get a guaranteed seat. You get four drink tickets. You will get light light appetizers from, provided by Steel Hands. They've got some really good food. Wes and I were able to eat out there probably, I guess, a couple weeks ago, Wes. Um, what else? Uh, hanging out. Oh, special guests be milling around in that VIP area, we think. We're going to have some guest speakers and some other guests. So they will be certainly hanging around there. Uh, what else do we have for them, Wes? Oh, here's another one. I forgot about this one. You do get a month free of subscription time to GamecockCentral.com. So if you're not a member, if you've never tried our site, you get that thrown in. A month free access. If, you've, if you're already a subscriber, thank you. Great. We're going to add a month for free uh, to your subscription time. I'm going to go through here and see if there's anything else that I missed right off the bat on the VIP. But that, that's that's the main points I think I hit, Wes. Did I about have them all? Yeah, so... Also, I, I don't even know if it's branded on there yet on the site, but I 
I, I'm playing, and I, I, dude, I think this will be good. We're we're going to be milling around, like you said, but at about six o'clock before the event starts, um, before the on stage portion of the event starts, we're going to do like a little informal Q and A. I, I think that would be good uh, yeah. for people that are, that are into that. I don't think that's really a main stage type thing, but uh, for people in the VIP area, we'll set it up. Um, Chris and I will will answer some questions, football, recruiting, whatever it is, and that will be something that's included with your VIP ticket. That and it is, by the way, it's a free event. We're not again. If you if you want to come out and just enjoy the speakers, just enjoy um, the uh, you know the music, Patrick Davis, obviously. That's fine as well. We'd love to see you in the VIP area. Um, and and Chris, I, uh, you know, we're still working on some things there as far as giveaways. I, I would like for the VIP folks to get a lot more chances on the giveaways. Like th- there will probably be some opportunities for other people to get involved in the giveaways, but um, you're definitely going to have a free no matter how we do it, there are certain rules as far as giveaways. You can't really do a raffle, apparently. I never knew this on a on brewery grounds. So we got to figure out how to work around that. But I, I I'm pretty confident we're going to do a giveaway of some kind, and I, I'm I'm going to take care of the VIP folks as far as getting their names in the drawings um, several times compared to uh, the the other folks. So so yeah, obviously we're excited. I know Patrick Davis is excited. I think it's going to be a fun night. Uh, whether you do the VIP or not, it's going to be a fun night for everybody. And we'll all get together and, and hang out and and uh, enjoy some still hands brewing and uh, and then go from there, man. So I, I'm let's do it. Y'all, y'all wanted it. We're going to do it. And, and it'll be fun. That's August 20th. Uh, 107.5 will be out there leading up to the event. You can come out and meet some of those guys as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Uh, all right, Chris, let's go. Let's turn it to today. Media Day is this afternoon. Um, wow! If, if y'all go to our Twitter, the uh, the link to our our daily free newsletter is actually if you scroll down a little bit, it's up right now, and that's got a list, Chris, of everybody who's supposed to speak today. I'm I'm not going to take the time to name every single player because it is a it's a huge portion of players that are going to be available today. Uh, let's see, Shane Beamer. He starts at three o'clock. Formal press conference, an actual in-person. Uh, I guess this is well. The, the media golf tournament technically would have been South Carolina's first in-person uh, event uh, as far as media goes. Last year, everything was over Zoom. Three o'clock, Beamer speaks. Three thirty to four o'clock, you have assistants are speaking, and then four o'clock to five o'clock. You're going to have a bunch of players that are that are going to be talking about uh, the latest with them. So if you are a hardcore Gamecock fan, you want to read every snippet of information that you can get. To after This afternoon should be good because you're going to hear from a lot of different people on all areas of this football team. Yeah, going to be really good, man. And I like kind of the structure of it, how it is, and, and lots of players, like you said, which is kind of, you know, for media day, Typically, no matter the coach, no matter the year, we've been able to grab a good many players in those types of settings, and it's a little bit more of a free-for-all. I, I really like um, media day in terms of it, – it's hard to get good stuff from players at press conferences sometimes just because the, the setting 
is a little bit uh, sterilized is the best word I can think of. Um, unless you get, I don't know, Nick Muse or Javon Kinlaw back in the day, you know, you could get some of those guys to give you some good stuff. I think in this setting, sometimes when you can get some guys one-on-one, when you can dive a little bit deeper into some stuff, you know, players in a press conference setting, you get them for a few minutes. It's a lot of generalities. It's a lot of almost coach speak sometimes through no fault of their own. That's just some of the stuff that comes up in these settings. I think you can dive a little a little bit deeper. So some really interesting guys, I think, to hear from. Right. Because we're going to get everybody from, you know, some of the stars of this team, like a Kevin Harris. Right. To Luke Doty, the starting quarterback, to some guys like Marshawn Lloyd, uh, who everybody likes to hear from and guys, you know, want to hear from him, uh, whether it's in the media or the fans, just because of the type of billing that he got out of high school and kind of the anticipation of him taking his first snap as a Gamecock. You, you've got Nate Muse, who I mentioned earlier, um, Zaquandre White, who's always entertaining. But then you got some guys like, um, you know, Brad Johnson and Ortrey Smith and on Joyner, guys that are looking to kind of take the next step on the field or have had some things happen, whether it's position changes or injuries or uh, both in some cases for a guy like Brad Johnson to where uh, they've been hampered a little bit. And so, I think there's a lot of interesting storylines with this team as a whole, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. There's also some really interesting individualized storylines with these players. So I think we're going to be able to get a lot of really, really, you know, cool stuff um, from Beamer, from the coaches, but also from the players. I'd be really interested to hear from, from all those parties today. Shout out Jason. He said he got his VIP ticket. Hey, following Jason's footsteps, go out there, grab yours before they're gone. Um, I actually think they are going to be going pretty quick, so we will see. Uh, only way to guarantee is to go ahead and get them right now while they are available. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I agree. There, there's a lot of storylines. I'll be curious to see, do we get anything out of Beamer today that's new? Because, I mean, that, that was a long press conference at the uh, Birdies for Beamer thing uh, last week. Uh, he's spoken prior to – what, four Gamecock Club events in the last, uh, you know, week or so. There's, pro- there's probably not a lot coming from the Beamer section with this. And, you know, maybe you get a nugget here or there. The, re- the real news, I believe, Chris, will probably come from a player just saying something interesting, uh, you know, letting something out there. Um, for, for people who really like details uh, like I do, I you know, where exactly are some of these guys playing? Like, which, you know, Karan Prony comes in. I imagine he's a corner only. But uh, Carlins Platel, he comes in. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he a nickel? Um, I personally think his skill set maybe fits at the nickel spot. So so we'll see. Jamar Brown listed as a DB now. Do we get some insight? The assistants are speaking. Do we get some insight? I can't remember if Jamar is on the list or not himself, but um, he is not. All the assistants, uh, I believe, are going to be available. So that that's where you're going to get some actual information for the people who really like to dive into, you know, exactly how is how does this uh, team going to be structured? Who's playing inside at receiver? Who's playing outside at receiver? What are the updated plans for EJ Jenkins? Um, you know, this offensive line has several veterans coming back, uh, but is Jalen Nichols still sort of? the guy at left guard, he took a lot of first team snaps in, in the spring. So, um, you know, who there's always a guy or two, Chris, that I, I think 
you'll see coaches make extra mention of because they feel like they've made a big jump in the offseason. Who has grabbed the attention of the strength staff, which then has been relayed to the on-field staff because they've had a great offseason. So there, it, it is talking season. Some of it you have to sort of take with a grain of salt, but let's be honest, there there are certain things we're going to be able to glean from, from what's said today. Yeah, absolutely, and I think a big part of that is just, again, you go back to the spring, there are some guys here, um, you look at Karan Prunny, he wasn't on campus in the spring. You know, there are a lot of players, some that are on the media day list today, some that are not, that are just going to be discussed by Beamer or an assistant or more than one assistant um, that missed time during the spring. You know, you look back in the spring game, South Carolina was very limited. Um, with they had a bunch of guys out, fortunately for them, not with a lot of serious injuries, but a lot of minor injuries, you know, some some nicks and things like that that just held some of the players out to where they were shorthanded during the actual spring game. But more than that, even guys missed, you know, some portions of the spring um, with injury, whether it's missing the entire spring, a guy like Lloyd, who, you know, obviously had to be held out to continue rehabbing his ACL or just missing a few practices here and there for various reasons. So this is going to be a different look team in that they're going to be more full strength, you know, going into the preseason. Shane Beamer has said, and I'm sure he'll update this again today regarding team health. He'll provide some type of update on that. I don't know how detailed he'll be, uh, but they're in pretty good shape. Certainly to open preseason camp, they're going to be in better shape than they were by the end of spring. You know, when they entered the spring with some guys that are on the shelf, they exited with some guys that were still on the shelf, some minor things. So overall, we do think this team's pretty healthy. Uh, but that's one thing right there. You're just going to have some new faces, some guys that enrolled in the summer. How do they fit in? You know, can will they get make be able to make an impact in certain places, whether it's a guy like, you know, Bam Scott at linebacker. What are the plans for him? Juju McDowell as a returner. Karan Prunty, who's a transfer, you know, who's also talking today, like you said, Wes. So lots of different things there. And so I think more than, you know, so-and-so is working hard, you know, or even so-and-so has – added this to his bench press or he's gotten faster. Those things are good. They're good nuggets. But I think just the composition of this team, particularly like you mentioned, you know, who's playing where at receiver, um, who's playing where at the, in the defensive secondary, um, I think those are kind of important questions that still need to be answered. We may get some some clarity on some of that. Yeah, and some of that will probably be tweaked and adjusted probably more than likely. Um, based on performance, but because you got to get the best five out there, and then you got to get the next best guys out there in the secondary. But uh, certainly, as far as and hope, man, I'm hoping we at least are still there when a first team unit runs out there on Friday, because then we'll get a baseline depth chart and we can work from there. Because we can tell everybody probably what what it looks like, what it projects to be, but some of these positions certainly. You know, in in the secondary, like we've said, there are going to be a lot of moving parts. So I'll be very curious to see that tomorrow. Um, who who lines up where to start up? Does a Karan Prunty just hit the first team immediately? If he if he doesn't, frankly, that's that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a starter. It just means they don't want to give a first team look to a guy when he's been on campus for a couple of weeks basically. And you can understand that from a, from a coaching standpoint, but if he runs out there 
with the first team right off the bat, it's like, okay, that that maybe does say something about that position and, and where he's headed as far as the secondary goes. So I, I'll be curious to see all those things, man. Is there a player or two, whether they're a newcomer or just a guy who's going to have an extended role this year, that let, let's pretend we actually got to watch practice, right? Like we're, we're going to be out there for part of practice, um, to be clear. I think it's five sessions uh, during practice. Let's pretend we were able to watch all of practice. Who are you most excited, interested, intrigued, whatever your word is, to actually see this season, you know, be it a newcomer or just a guy that you want to see their progress? Well, I think it's Prunny for me, you know, is a big one. Um, I think you take the spots in which South Carolina has the most questions. And so breaking record alert, you know, that that's going to be DB um, because of, hey, they, they, they lost some guys, obviously, from last season that are very talented, led, led by J.C. Horn, had some guys transfer. Um, so they, they need kind of an influx of talent and experience there. And then on top of that, it's just kind of where is everybody? They, they weren't even able to sort that out in spring because of their numbers there. Well, now you add in Prunty. And so he's a guy that has the ability to come in and be a starter at corner. Will that happen? Like you said, remains to be seen. But there is an expectation that he's going to get a very strong look you know, at doing that. So he would probably be my top guy um, overall because you look at like the defensive line, less questions there, right? They've got some proven performers there. Linebacker, are there questions? Absolutely. But I go to the secondary and especially with the schedule that South Carolina is going to play, the teams are going to face corner, a guy that can hold up and play man-to-man coverage. Um, that's a big question. And Prunny's a guy that has the ability not to put too much on him, you know, but he has starter type potential. And so I think he's probably the main one. Now there's no shortage. There's plenty of others. There's a bunch of them on offense too. And there's still a bunch on defense, but that was kind of the first guy that came to my mind. Mine, I will say, I think is Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, just because it, you know, we, we saw, we saw him in, in your five, your five second video last year that went viral to millions and millions of homes everywhere. Um, uh, that was cool, but I, you know, I, I don't know that Marshawn has gotten quite the hype, you know, before he was getting mentioned on all these newcomers of the year or five, you know, five freshmen to watch, uh, ten newcomers who'll make a big impact. He was getting talked about quite a bit, not just around here, but but really nationally as being a freshman to, to watch at, at um, South Carolina. So. Now he's coming off the injury. The, you know, it's, it's kind of like he's been forgotten a little bit because of what Kevin Harris did. I, for one, I still suspect that even with Kevin Harris, that Marshawn is going to have a huge role in this offense. Like, I, I, th- I think it's going to be a 1A, 1B type thing. And I just, I, I feel like from a national standpoint, from an SEC standpoint, you you reposted on on Twitter that uh, that thing that had the tops or top five was it running games in the SEC, and South Carolina was not on. I believe Gene, I believe it was Gene Chizik's top five uh, running games in the SEC. South Carolina's not on it. I mean, if there's if there's one thing we saw South Carolina sort of lean on last year, it, it was the running game. 
you get most of those guys back, you'll obviously you'll miss Sedarius Hutcherson up front. I mean, I, I think that's clear. But though, you know, lots of talent, lots of experience on the offensive line. Guess what? You have Kevin Harris, you have Marshawn Lloyd back, you have Zaquandre White, you have some depth there. Um Rashad Amos, I, I think, um, is coming along. Then you add in Juju McDowell. I mean, th- the running back room is going to be good, uh, all, probably all the way around. But for me, the things we were hearing last year about Marshawn Lloyd and the explosiveness and just the ability to create a big play out of seemingly a routine play was pretty special just based on what the things we were hearing. So – I'm Chris. I'm very intrigued, and I'm excited for the kid too. Obviously, great kid works hard, but um, I, I'm kind of pumped to, to see it play out. Fantastic kid, and you know he, unsurprisingly, you know attacked his rehab and and had a great attitude about it. But he, he's super talented, and that was the thing, man. We we talked about it. Looking back on it, hindsight, like it was fair, everything we were saying, and I think it was accurate. It it almost seems unfair to Kevin Harris now looking back because entering last year after Marshawn Lloyd enrolled, you know, all the things we heard centered around how good he looked, how special everyone thought he was going to be. And and, and there was some love for Kevin Harris for sure, right? But once Marshawn Lloyd unfortunately went down with that injury, Kevin obviously had a tremendous year, tremendous year. Um, showed himself to be a fantastic player, one of the best backs in the SEC, one of the best backs in the country overall, based on his performance last season. But you go back and kind of remember what we were hearing uh, within the program around that time, and Marshawn Lloyd was widely viewed. I mean, it wasn't like a minority opinion, or, you know, he was widely viewed as the most talented guy on the roster at running back, and someone that Maybe it was almost couch West. It's like it wasn't even particularly that close at times. So that's kind of exciting when you when you put that up against what Kevin Harris actually did on the field last year, which was really good. And so then you look around the roster and you say, well, if Marshawn Lloyd can be close to that or shoot if he's better than that, that's a pretty good situation. And then adding adding into Quandre White, who had you know the the luxury of being able to take. Well, I don't even know. He might not consider it a luxury given the workload that he got in the spring, but because guys are on the shelf in the spring, he got tons of run and he took that opportunity and ran with it. And he did such a good job. And he has so much natural talent that now you got a situation where the offensive coaching staff's looking around going, how are we, how can we get all these guys involved? Because we've got some very good backs. There are some questions elsewhere to where you feel like you need to lean on them more in the passing game and obviously in the running game. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, somebody on here mentioned tight ends. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's going to have to be a strength of this team, I, I think, on the offensive side of the ball. The running backs, the tight ends, and the offensive line are probably the, the three areas you're going to say they, they need to carry a, a decent amount of this load. So we'll see what that looks like. Jaheim Bell is another one, man, that I if, if I'm going to pick a guy that's in that category of is not a household name yet, but I I put pretty high expectations on what he's going to be capable of this year. Jaheim Bell's pretty high on that list uh, of guys, so I, I think is going to be a big part of this offense. How, how do they use Jaheim Bell? You know, do we see him 
Uh, do we see him line up in the backfield? Do we, you know, do we actually see that? That's Chris. The fact that they had this kid lining up in the backfield, um, knowing what they have at running back. Now I know in the spring game there's a lot of guys held out and banged up, so so some of that plays in. But just even putting that into the equation as a possibility um, says says a lot about this dude's versatility, playmaking ability. He's got tied in by his name on the roster, but really I think you can just call him an athlete. Like he's he's going to be moved around. He's going to do all types of things. And, you know, his versatility is is actually, Chris, what gives, I believe, a chance that we may see what I'm hoping for, and that's the first ever South Carolina five tight end formation. Um, I I think there's a very real opportunity for, for that to be a thing that you just bust out as like a little surprise. Um, he Jaheim's the guy that gives you that versatility, though. The layout, so lay out your, your exact, give us, you know, your personnel, your grouping there on your five tight end set. What does that, what does that look like exactly? Well, um, basically you have, you probably have Jaheim in the backfield. Now you could just go five wide spread out, honestly. Sure. But the, my thought process is that you run five tight ends out there and it looks and the, the other defense coordinator has no idea how to count it, right? Like there, yeah. it looks like a jumbo package coming out. And in reality, we're going to spread the field. So it's basically going to be four wide. If you were just looking at it from the Goodyear blimp and you didn't know what position these guys play, it's going to be four wide. Jaheim's in the backfield. You've probably got probably got EJ on the outside on, on one side. Um uh, Maybe Eric Shaw on the outside on the other. Nick Muse would probably be sort of in the slot, I guess. And uh maybe Trey Kenyon. Am I am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, you're maybe. leaving out uh you're leaving out Mullins uh, you know, potential. Oh, okay. Outside yeah. Um yeah. I'd probably have Mullins and EJ then on the outside. Yep. And then Nick and maybe Eric Shaw. Um yep. also out there. I mean that that's that's actually a matchup problem. Like that's something I would do in NCAA football back in the day. Like just come up with stupid uh, positional groupings, personnel groupings. Right. But I, I think that I think that would work. And then you then you go tell uh, you go tell Delp, hey man, we just put five tight ends on the field. There you go. So Wes guarantees a five tight end package. Write it down. Just write behind it down. the scene, behind the scenes scoop. Uh, <laughs> Right there, no. But seriously, get I, I forgot the point now. But no, Jaheim Bell, he does. You know, seriously, when you said list him as an athlete, I mean, I totally agree. You remember? I mean, this guy coming out of high school, like some college coaches looked at him and said, "Yeah, he can play tight end. He can play receiver. Obviously, has the running back type skill set." Some people thought he could play linebacker in college if he wanted to. That type thing. So. When you look at kind of his size and his athleticism, the different things he can do, he's not a an on-the-line kind of tight end, you know, traditional tight end like a Nick Muse. You know, really the two guys on the roster that are more of your traditional type tight ends are Muse and Trey Kenyon is kind of similar to him in terms of body type. Now, Kenyon out of high school even was certainly more of that pass catcher type, but 
you know, if something knock on wood, you know, happened to Muse, you know, you might see Kenyon step up into that role because of his size. You know, if you're, if you're asking somebody to go help block, uh, you know, a defensive end or something like that, you know, you're going to want somebody with some size as opposed to, you know, a former receiver in Kevion Mullins or something like that. But, you know, Jaheim's someone that you can put in a lot of different situations. And, and I do think, Wes, he is one of the more interesting players on the roster for that reason because they're going to need to find and kind of take some of their offensive weapons and manufacture some ways to find matchups for them. And when you look up and down the roster and say, who can, who can you do that with? Jaheim Bell, you know, is probably near the top of that list. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those guys that uh, was returning kickoffs in high school. Was I mean, do, doing everything, man. And I shoot, dude. I think I think you could put him if it wasn't for what South Carolina already has at running back. Um, if that was like a question mark, then dude, I I think Jaheim Bell at running back would probably be a real thing, and may, maybe even some wildcat type stuff, short yardage. And I know Luke Doty can run the football, but you know, maybe if you don't, you don't want Luke taking that hit necessarily as your quarterback. There, there's a lot you can do with Jaheim Bell, depending on how creative you want to get with it. I, I think this is a guy that really has a chance to be a stat stuffer. Like he could do a little bit of everything for you and make an impact. And when you, when you have whatever your opinion is on the receivers. And, you know, we've seen we've seen Satterfield come out now and sort of defend the receivers and say they're going to be able to do what we ask of them, et cetera, et cetera. The fact of the matter is, until we all see the receivers take that next step, there will be question marks at that position. And that's not hating on anybody. That's just – that's fair, I, I think. I, I think if Justin Stepp was on the show, he would tell you, our, our guys have to go prove it, you know. So, until you get to that point – you're looking for guys who who you believe can be difference makers. And has Jaheim Bell done it in, in games yet? You know, somebody may say, well, Jaheim Bell hadn't done it yet either, but he hasn't really had his opportunities to do it yet. So Bell, to me, is probably on that list. If we were going to make a list of guys that aren't household names right now, but probably will be at least to South Carolina fans and maybe to SEC people outside of South Carolina, Jaheim Bell's probably – Probably pretty high on that list, I think. He is. And, you know, Jaheim has, you know, personality and, and wherewithal and, and things like that to where um, I think he's a guy that the fan base is very aware of, you know, just because, you know, tracked him in recruiting some, but he's been kind of more forward-facing on social media and things like that. There's been a lot of talk about him because everyone kind of realizes what the potential is. And then, you know, we talk about him on the show a good bit. I mean, he's – Jaheim's probably one of the more talked about players on this show overall on this entire football team. And so I think that just kind of illustrates the potential that he has and they'll look to unlock it. I mean, again, that this, this Gamecock football staff, Marcus Satterfield, the rest of the staff, they're going to be looking for guys that they can depend on that have athleticism that can help them. And like you said, they do have to go prove it. There are a lot of guys on this roster that are in that same boat. You know I mean? Marshawn Lloyd's one of those. We know he's got a lot of talent, but he has literally not taken a snap. Um, so to be fair, you do have to kind of wait on that. But uh, I think the point is there are some intriguing pieces that gives probably Gamecock fans some hope that maybe this offense can become serviceable and, and go and score some points and be able to be in some games with some 
you know, more difficult opponents this season if things come together. But that said, there's certainly, you know, lots of question marks still, everything from experience to who can go out and win a one-on-one battle at receiver from you. All those things, all those things are still, you know, in place. Yeah, well, and let's be honest, Chris, we're about to get to that point. The press conferences are going to start. Guys are going to be talking after practice. If you're South Carolina, if you're any other team in the country, you're only playing yourself, right? You are you are only matching up against your guys. And it is very hard. You, you have a secondary with question marks and a receiving core with question marks. You actually have an offensive line that I believe has a chance to be pretty darn good and a defensive line that has a chance to be pretty darn good. The reason I say those things together is that those groups are going to be going up against each other. So do you know what you have until you actually go play the games? Probably not, but just because of the way this thing is built, um, they're able to – fans are going to – you're going to start to believe a little bit, right? The next few weeks, you're going to read, this guy stepped up, this guy stepped up, this guy stepped up. Um, You're going to start getting excited, and you're going to start to say, hey, maybe – Maybe we're going to surprise some people. Maybe, maybe you know, oh, that guy says South Carolina wins six games. I'm starting to feel eight. Like, you'll, you'll start to – but then you have to sort of dial it back a little bit and say it is year one. There are issues on the roster. What what are realistic expectations? I, I don't know yet. You know, we, we shall see. I still tend to think if this team can get to a bowl game, based on what we saw the last couple of years and based on the schedule – that's a pretty good year and something you can build off of in recruiting, in my opinion. But right. um, yeah, I, I also I would I would just maybe warn people there are going to be some guys stepping up. We are going to be talking about a lot of people that that are having good preseasons. Um, don't mistake that for us being like this is the team that's going to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, <laughs> let, let's keep let's keep it realistic as far as those things go. Right, and, and it's kind of like when you say that a unit is the strength of a particular side of the ball. You know, if I said spe- on special teams, if I said, hey, punt, I'm, this is a random example, just made up. If I said punting is the strength of this special teams, that doesn't mean that the punter is going to win the Ray Guy Award. It just means that's kind of the best part of that football team. You know, you look at the defense, you know, defensive line is going to be the strength of the team, but they also, on the other hand, they do have some guys that are NFL-type players on that defense, J.J. Anigbari being one of them. I mean, universally, he's an NFL guy, and there are others that have a chance to become that. They have some depth there. you know. But I, I agree with you, just taking the whole view. There are some things that you feel good about with this team, even, even Wes stacked up to the, to the competition. There are some – you look at the lines of scrimmage and you go, South Carolina's going to have a chance – in some of these games to match up from a line of scrimmage standpoint with the teams that they're facing, most of the teams they're facing, if not all, but there's a big, but there, can they do that in the secondary? Can they do that at receiver? And that's, you know, potentially going to make the difference. So I think zooming out, taking a big picture view, like you said, bowl would be tremendous in, in year one for this team. I think to, to do that or to even – if you can go a little bit farther than that even, you know, steal a game, steal two games, I think 
that this team has to stay healthy, number one, because, again, there are depth issues on this team at some spots. you got to stay healthy. you got to do a tremendous job of taking care of the football. I mean, you think back to, you know, the 2017 South Carolina season. They were one of the best teams in the country in turnover, in creating turnovers and in turnover margin. That team ended up, you know, winning, what, nine games. They, they you know, went eight and four and they beat Michigan. That team – did it by – were they that much better than all those teams they played? No. They won a lot of low-margin games, but they the turnover margin was so significant. So I think that's what you've got to see from this team because even though they got a chance to be really good on the defensive line, you can't take an unbiased view and say, this defense is going to be top three in the SEC. That that would be unrealistic, right, um, based on year one personnel. You can't look at this offense and say, this is going to be an offense that can score 30 points a game completely unfair at this stage, right? This is going to be a team that's going to have to stay healthy, which it has not done in this program for the past several years, stay healthy by the end of the year and do just play really good sound football and, and not turn the ball over and things like that. Is there a guy we're talking, we're not talking about that we're going to be talking about at the end of preseason or the end of the season? And by not talking about we we mentioned God we generally we go deep enough we mention about everybody in some capacity. Uh, generally, if by the end of the year we have not mentioned somebody, that's a sign they're just not in a position to contribute right now, or they're they're injured. Um, I ask that because of what um, Jason mentioned right here about Jordan Strong. Again. Maybe a situation where because of injury, he was banged up in the spring, didn't really play a whole lot. You you didn't have a lot of mention of a guy who we all saw what he did for Georgia State last year. And, yes, there's depth on the defensive front, but, dude, you can always use pass rushers. He's come in. He's added some really good weight, it, it sounds like. He's going to be playing more of a defensive end spot, although even though he's listed as a linebacker at Georgia State, they that was more a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is an edge pass rush type position anyway. So for, for me, Chris, when, when Clayton White sort of lit up talking about Jordan Strong at the media golf tournament, that caught my attention, man, because I, I said, we haven't really heard that name much. He wasn't. You know, he went he went above and beyond of what he had to say. There, it was it was over the coach speak basically. I, when coaches, I pay very close attention when coaches are asked about guys. Do they give me the coach speak positive answer, or do they give me the I'm going to go a little over the top, uh, above and beyond to praise this guy? He went above and beyond to praise Jordan Strong. To me, that's a very very positive sign for South Carolina and their defensive front depth. It is because you look at, you know, I think you look at, can you get to, you know, if you can get the third down, can you get off the field? And for a team that's going to be, here's another one, Wes, we've been talking about like broken record with receiver and DB. I will probably say the words low margin of error, that phrase like 3000 times between now and all throughout the season. It's obvious. Like ding, like with a counter. Every time, yeah, we'll just keep a running tally up here by Clint Hammond's Mortgage Network logo. It, it is going to be, I'm going to say it a lot, but but it is. It's going to be a low margin of error team. And so they're going to be, you know, 
can you get off the field on a key third and six in a game that's going to be decided by a touchdown or field goal? Jordan Strong combined with J.J. Anigbare, Aaron Sterling, you know, you, you find another guy who, you know, Atonka Hemingway, maybe that's your pass rush package. You go out there and that's kind of your rabbits package or whatever you want to call it in the defense. Uh, they used to call it rabbits with, with Brad Lawing under Steve Spurrier. You know, you, you look at a package like that, you've got some guys that can go out and get after the quarterback, you know, and that's what you need. So you're not going to be playing Strong and, and Sterling and Enigbare all at once in a normal, in a, on first down, you know, but can you throw them out there? You know, if a guy needs a blow, Jordan Strong can come in and he can be a pass rush specialist for you. Maybe he can be even more than that, but we know his strength is rushing the passer. J.J. Enigbare is very good at that as well. He's proven that in the SEC. So that that gives you an extra guy where, where you can go and do that. It gives you some more pass rush pop, and that's going to be very, very important, particularly when your secondary has questions. You can go force an early throw, not even just sacks, but just get off the field somehow. So I think that's a great pick with Jordan Strong. It's hard to narrow it down. I mean, I think there are 20 guys that we haven't mentioned on this show today specifically that could fit that category. I mean, it could be it could be Brad Johnson. I mean, he's going to be a key player. Brad Johnson could be your starting will linebacker. He's he's playing that spot kind of – it's a new spot for him. Um, so he's a key one. Uh, then you got even – I mean, you could name five of them at linebacker probably. You know, I mean, you go Mo Caba and Debo Williams and – Go back to the secondary, Jalen Dickerson, can he stay healthy? R.J. Roderick, you know, is he kind of renewed now to where, you know, he he gives you more than people are anticipating. I think there are tons of them all up and down this roster, and a lot of them, honestly, on defense, Wes, because there are so many questions in that kind of back seven area. No doubt, yeah. Masso mentioned Debo. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, Debo apparently mentioned, Clayton White said Debo mentioned how thankful he was that he enrolled early just sort of thinking about where he was mentally when he first got here, as far as learning the defense compared to now. So can, dude, I think it's a huge pot. If Debo starts pushing for a starting spot, I don't know how fair that is or realistic that is, but if it happens that that's a positive for South Carolina, if Debo and Mo Caba can just be really solid backups for South Carolina this year, that, that's a positive. We we saw the linebacking core. You know, you talked about staying healthy, man. We saw the linebacking core just get grinded down last year. And we've seen that over the last few years at, at, at various positions. And you're going to have injuries. But do you have guys where if you have – you have to avoid the major injuries and then you have to have enough guys step up, A, to where those starters can actually get – a breather or two in, in the game. I think South Carolina was in a position where, dude, if your linebackers, when healthy, are playing every single snap, they're not going to be healthy for very long because, A, you're playing winded at times, which I firmly believe injuries can have a greater chance of occurring then. And, and B, just your, your snap count is so high. Your, it's your, if your pitch count is that high, the opportunities to get hurt continue to climb. So I believe you have to be able to rotate guys in to um, that, that having depth actually helps you not to have so many injuries, which then if you have injuries, your depth, your lack of depth is exposed. So it's sort of, 
it's kind of a snowball effect. Um, there's a catch 22 there as well. But sometimes you just have to play your guys, your backups, your inexperienced guys. Sometimes you just have to play them. Like get them snaps, get them reps, get them experience so that when your starter does have to come out for half of a game, does get banged up, they go in and can at least get you through the game. Now you have to avoid the big blow, you know, like the major injuries. But there, I think it's going to be huge this preseason for them to build up enough depth on defense to where your guys can just go out there and at least give you, you know, a drive or two at every single position on defense. I think that's something that was lacking before, and I think the philosophy there was if a guy's not ready, we're not playing him. Sometimes you got to just dive into the deep end and and give your guy a chance to make some mistakes and learn from it. Yeah, and I'm, I want to address that that point specifically on linebacker West with some some stats that were very interesting from last season. Mike Budden pointed out I did not mention Birch and kind of that pass rush, you know, rabbits package. Yeah, I think he'd be in there. You know, you, you think about rolling out a a Birch, Enigbare, Sterling, Jordan Strong third down package. You got some guys there that can get after the passer in some different body types. You know, Aaron Sterling really good with leverage and things like that. He's got kind of that knack for being in the right place versus Enigbare, who has a bunch of moves and quickness, and Birch, who's big and fast. You know, you got some guys there that can give you some juice, but the point about linebackers is a great one. Not only – I mean, South Carolina's facing two things there this season. They've got to find – they got to solidify their starters, right? I mean, you want to feel good about the starters going into the season or as good as possible. They've got to build some depth there. Um Two games last year, Wes, that I that I recall that I wanted to pull up some numbers for. This illustrates your point perfectly. So you look at the Texas A&M game last year, and most people have, have blocked that game out of their memory, so you probably won't remember this. Yeah, but I think they deleted that one, huh? Com- complete deletion. You know, in that game, Damani Staley played 70 snaps. The highest snap count for a player in that game was 73 with Jamie Robinson. I I would have to go back and look. That was probably either every defensive snap or close to it. Um, So bank on 70-something to 80 snaps for the defense player. So Damani Staley played 70, so he's on the field almost every play. Ernest Jones played 63. Brad Johnson played 33, and I think he was playing that kind of Sam role, right? And then Mo Caba played 10. So Mo Caba would spell – I can't remember in that game. He would spell either Jones or Staley, maybe played two spots in that game. Probably um, Ernest if Ernest was at 63, 63. And Mo was at 10, and, De- and yep. Damani was at 73. Yeah, so. and, so, and then you look at the – okay, let's go to the Missouri game. Three linebackers played total in that game. That was it. Ernest Jones played 70 snaps, which I believe was – that might have been every snap because John Dixon and Jamie Robinson played 70 snaps in that game um, at, at DB. So Ernest Jones played 70, Damani Staley played 62, and Cabo played 13. So that's it. I mean, so they've got to develop a situation where, A, you're healthier. I mean, again, I'm going to say that. You, you've got to stay healthy across the board on this football team. Um, and they've got to develop some guys that they feel good enough about to be able to go out there and spell – we don't know really the philosophy, Wes, of 
let's say everybody's healthy. I mean, is there a is there a set, you know, type of split that Clayton White wants his linebackers to have? Does he want to play his starters 65% of the time? We don't know that. And it's also going to depend on what's the drop-off from the ones to the twos. Point is, regardless, they need to have some ones and twos that they can rely on. And they haven't had that for, you know, there are different reasons for that. Some of it injuries last year, but they got to get to that point this year. Some teams even have threes, Chris, if if you can imagine. <laughs> this is possible. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? South Carolina has that at, at some spots. We we're just talking about it at tight end, at running back. You know, I I think, Chris, they've got a chance to be pretty deep on the offensive line, good and deep. So it's possible, but you also, you know, you don't there were games again last year where it was like the same and the year before, actually, probably more so the year before at defensive back, but the same five guys were out there for, for the entire game as well. So um, sometimes you can sometimes you can build depth by sort of forcing it to put guys out there and and let them go make mistakes and let them learn from those mistakes. So I, that that'll be. And that's something I probably don't pay much attention to for other teams, Chris, because I don't know their rosters like I do South Carolina. So I don't I don't even know what the normal philosophy is on how often do you rotate your LBs, how often do you rotate DBs, stuff like that. Generally, offensive lines, there's not a whole lot of rotation there, it, it seems. But defensively, when you're chasing the ball for for four quarters. In the southeast, in the heat, I mean, that's got to have a, a layering effect as the game goes on as well as far as how tired you are by the end, I, I would think. Uh, let, let's hit a couple questions here. I'm sure we'll go into all this stuff we're talking about several times before the season. We're going to hit some questions, and then we're going to get out of here because we got to get to media day. And involve, that's the question involving media day here. Uh, Cartwright, what's up, man? Hope you've been well. Um, I don't know if Cartwright's been on here in a while. Uh, he says, when are we going to see some coaches being interviewed this week? That's my favorite part. That You don't have to wait long. So, right, if you're listening to this or watching this live, um, that'll actually be in a couple of hours. Beamer is at 3. Assistants will be at 3.30. We'll have videos up at some point after that. There's going to be a lot of gathering of content. So, I don't know how quickly we'll be able to get all that content back out to you. But if you are listening to this on the audio version, go ahead and check our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Gamecock Central. Depending on when you're listening to it, Chris, I'd imagine there's a chance we maybe have something up for them as well by then. You can always check youtube.com slash Gamecocks online as well. That's the official video channel for South Carolina Athletics. And, of course, you can always check GamecockCentral.com. Uh, post it on our forums, post it on the front page. We'll try to get y'all as many videos as possible. Uh, let's see. Dylan says, Pickens will have a breakout year. I think that's a good guess, Dylan. I think Pickens is set to have a good year. I think South Carolina needs to have you know, for him to have a great year. Chris C. says, could Omega Blake factor in? Appreciate you, Chris. Um, could he factor in? I think, yes, absolutely, from a literal standpoint of could he. You know, would, would I necessarily project that right now, Chris? I don't know that I would, but 
I, I also can't sit here and tell you that I've heard he won't either because they, you know, they haven't had practice yet. They've been doing player run practices and they've been in the weight room. So could Omega be a kid that now that he's focused on one position, he's not playing DB receiver and quarterback. Uh, could, could he be someone that, that catches everybody's eye? I don't know if you can necessarily rule it out. I, I think it's just sort of an, an unknown right now for me is how I would answer that. Yeah, and I think you, you approach it from the standpoint of everybody at receiver is going to get a look, and same thing at DB. There, there's there are not any spots at receiver, I don't think, at this stage. Are there some guys that will open the spring as probably pretty clear number ones, open spring, open preseason as clear number ones because of what they did in the spring? Probably so. But this isn't a deal where anybody's walking in this summer, uh, which Omega Blake did, where you got – Ah, we're good guys at receiver. You know, I mean, that's not that's not the case right now. There are too many questions to say otherwise. So um, now there's that. Okay, so there is opportunity, but you also have to count how ready is a guy. And, and I do think that our thought was out of high school that Omega would need some time, some type of adjustment period. Could he get on the field some this year? Depending, maybe. But I don't know that he's going to be a guy that you're going to see a ton in year one. If we had to project right now, again, practice hasn't started, so we'll see. Yeah, and there's um, Chris. There's always a guy or two for me that we hear early in camp. The whole, the entire reason I don't rule it out is just because I always feel like there's at least one guy, sometimes a couple of guys, where they immediately outplay their ranking or expectation. If you had asked me, let's say you randomly, let's say we were doing a live show five, six years ago, um. And you were like, hey, does, is DJ Wanham going to play right off the bat for South Carolina this year? I would have answered, the, you know, well, you know, he wasn't a highly recruited guy. Uh, he's got good film. Um, you know, I can't rule it out, but I wouldn't project it. Well, DJ Wanham was like the talk of camp after a week. So you never – I've learned in this job, percentage-wise, probably – you don't put that expectation on them. But do you ever completely rule it out for any of these kids? Probably not. I mean, I, dude, I could see a guy like Ladarian Craig or a Colby Fields, sort of, you know, late additions, not super highly rated kids, but solid prospects just come in. And for some kids, it just clicks. And it's like a they're, they're just natural. And some kids, it's a process, and you don't, you never know when that light bulb is going to go on. So, so I, I, I don't know, guys. I, I mean, I that that's one of the most fun parts about this is that we have, in theory, we have on paper what to expect, but we don't ever necessarily know exactly what it's going to look like. Um, Cartwright says, "Sorry, y'all, I have a job. Hard to wait. Hard to get away for the show." Cartwright, you got to get your get your um, priorities in order, man. Show comes first. Let's see. Greg says, which players are you most excited to hear from or think they will have the best takeaways? Huh. Well, All Nick right. is on the list. Well, Nick. He'll uh, be entertaining at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> have y'all seen Nick's merchandise, by the way? The big Nick energy. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, Pat- Patrick DeMarco was on with JB and Goldwater earlier this week. I'll give them a shameless plug. It was a really good interview. Go go check it out. 
And Pat dropped the big Nick energy line like five times on there. So Nick Nick will be good as always. Marshawn Lloyd will be good. Um, there'll be several guys that, that will have interesting answers, I'm sure. Cartwright says, is Randricus Davis healthy? I believe so. We shall see. We, we don't know fully yet. Well, we hope to get an injury update today. And then we will also be able to probably get a sense of that practice on Friday. Yes. You know, check That's when we'll really find out Yeah, that type of info. Who's out there? Who's not? Uh, Patrick, what's up, man? Um, will the press conference be carried live? I just checked, Chris. It's not listed yet on Gamecocks Online. Yeah, it wasn't listed in our in the kind of media kind of packet that we got. It was not indicated that it will be live streamed. So I don't think so. But if we find out it is, of course we will we will pass that word along. Where where's this thing at, Chris? This is the football ops center. So or the indoor. I was about to say, is it not is it in the indoor? The, the actual Beamer presser? It, yeah, as far as we know, it's in the indoor. We were told as media to go to the indoor practice facility, and that was all we were told. So, we, see, that, that's why it possibly might not be streamed. Because I was going to say, if it's at the ops, even if it's not listed on there, it's going to be streamed, I was about to say. But with it being in the indoor, there may be a chance that it is not. Yeah, and I think there, they're trying to space us a little bit more with the players and coaches. Um, so that might be the reason for the indoor number one. It allows you a little bit more space uh, just in general. But also, you know, we, we have gotten some communications in some of the media stuff about COVID awareness and things like that. So that might be a reason, you know, and so Beamer comes in there. You're not in that room, a smaller room in the long facility. So that that might be it. That's just me speculating. Yeah, no, I, I – I would almost guarantee that's why it's in there. I'm just wondering if the Ethernet runs to to wherever they have it. They probably don't want to broadcast the thing over Wi-Fi and it be spotty potentially. Um, if it's not live, that's the reason why it's not live, um, I would say. Uh, Benji says, old Gamecock man here. What's up, Benji? I believe the receivers will shine this year. Why, you may ask, simple. Our quarterback is going to have a good year. Defenses cannot stack the box. Our running backs are too good. I guarantee that our receivers will shine this year. I appreciate the uh, sentiment, Benji. I appreciate the enthusiasm as well. Um, we shall see. Marcus Satterfield agrees with you. So we'll see. that. That'd be great for South. If you're right, then... If if he if Benji is correct, Chris, then the South Carolina offense will be way better than expectations are. That's right. Yeah, I mean that you know that is not not that everything else is perfect on this team because he, even if you look up and down the roster and you say, well, they've got really good this, really good this, a lot of the teams they're playing also have those things, or they've got strengths elsewhere. So. You know, it is important to remember that they're not playing themselves uh, as they will be doing all preseason. They're playing other teams that have strengths and weaknesses of their own. Uh, but that's the biggest question mark, you know, on this team on offense, at least is wide receiver. So if they can get more than anticipated out of there, then this team will be in position to be, you know, more competitive um, than we're thinking going into the year even. 
I just I just uh, did the old mute for the first time all show. But yeah. Trey is with you. I'm with Benji. Hashtag. I can get behind that. All right, y'all. We got to go. We're going to get out there to the media day. And uh, then tomorrow's show. Tomorrow's show will be fun, man. Uh, like I said, we did a Thursday today. Obviously, switched it up a little bit. But tomorrow's show, 2 o'clock, Chris. You good with 2? We hope that works for me. We'll be back at our regular scheduled time. And we will have some talk about actual football practice, which is one of my favorite days of the year. So we'll be here. I hope you will be as well. For Chris, I'm Wes, and we'll see you then. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.